Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to another edition of Taekwondo Life Magazine Live. My name is Mark Surianis. I'm your host. I'm a third Don Black Belt, and I'm the editor in chief of Taekwondo Life Magazine. It was a year ago, episode three. We had learned in March of 2019 of the passing of the beloved monolith of a man and a Taekwondo practitioner, Grandmaster Hyanhee Park. At that time, the emotions, the sadness, the somberness were very fresh. And while I did an episode to reflect on the life of Grandmaster Park, I felt it wasn't the time to interview people close to him about his life and legacy. Now, as we face the first anniversary of his passing, I have assembled just a handful of people that were close to him, starting with his brother, Grandmaster Hyunwon Park, a legend himself in the Taekwondo community, both as the brother of Hyunhee Park and for his own accomplishments, both in the field of competition and as a coach, a master, and a grandmaster. We speak to Grandmaster John Buren, the CEO and president of Flushing Bank, about his experiences as a student and a high-ranking member of the YH Park family. I talked to husband and wife, Master Mark Summer and his wife, Sari, about their fondness for Grandmaster Park and his impact on their family. I have a very poignant conversation with Grandmaster Robert Bobby Strangio, not only about his training, but about his intimate look at Yanhi Park the man. Their relationship is more that of father and son than anyone else that we've spoken to. And Grandmaster Strangio offers a very colorful and insightful look at this legend. And we conclude our interview with quite poignance with the words of a very mature and esteemed Taekwondo master and practitioner, the nephew of Grandmaster Hyanhee Park, Master Edward Park. This episode is very special to me because of the connection and the relationships of all of the people who have participated in it. And I thank them for being so unselfish and so giving in sharing their memories and their thoughts and their time with our audience. But I do understand that it's a lot easier to do that when you're paying tribute to such a great man and such a great Taekwondo practitioner. Grandmaster Hyun Hee Park, for all that he did, lived a Taekwondo life. I am very proud and honored to be speaking today to Grandmaster Hyun Wan Park. Grandmaster Park happens to be someone that I have a 35-year relationship with. He is my Grandmaster, but more importantly, he is a ninth-degree black belt from the Kukiwan. He is the founder of the YH Park Taekwondo Academy. He is seven-time Korea national champion. He is U.S. Olympic coach. He is the one of the founders and president of the New York Open Organizing Committee, which sponsors the New York Open Taekwondo Championships and Korean Cultural Festival every year in New York, one of the largest, if not the largest, Taekwondo events and one of the only charity events um, held in the region. 
In addition to that, and in addition to a number of other titles and events, uh, Grandmaster Park is the president of the Korea Youth Promotion Association, which is an amazing organization which uh, honors and, and sponsors exchange students around the world, particularly between the United States and students in the Far East, China, Japan, and Korea. Grandmaster Park, thank you for joining us. And my first question for you in the time that we have as we are celebrating and commemorating the first anniversary of your brother's passing, what are your feelings about approaching the first anniversary of your brother's passing? Thank you, Mark. Uh, my brother, I miss him. Already one year, not only myself missing him, all family missing him, friends all over the world, Taekwondo family missing him. I'm going to one year past uh, anniversary, maybe some planning event for him. And he's in, uh, still he's watching us. Yes. So, uh, thank you all Taekwondo families uh, wishing uh, his rest uh, his life. And thank you again uh, Taekwondo Life Magazine podcast uh, instructor and director uh, Mark Jirojanis. Thank you. Thank you, sir. And uh, the theme of this podcast, uh, this episode, as we've talked about, and we have some very special guests who are able to speak about the legacy and the life of Grandmaster Hyanhee Park, people who knew him very well. My question for you, Grandmaster Park, as somebody who is very close to the situation, but also somebody who is spent your life in Taekwondo, both in Korea and in the United States and around the world. What did Grandmaster Hyun Hee Park mean to Taekwondo and the Taekwondo community? Yes, Hyun uh, Hee Park, uh, 1960, incredible uh, fighter. I didn't see him, but his uh, uh, team member told me, Abchagi, uh, nobody, you know, against him. And he, they went to a uh, Korea team to exchange uh, uh, championship in Japan. Only their team, two person, beating all Japanese team. At that time, we don't have a hogu. They don't have any, just, uh, you know, fight, uh, killing each other. That time, uh, uh, one of uh, his one-year junior, Hyungwan Yu, and Yoniba, only two person uh, beating uh, uh, Japanese teams. And later, uh, you know, uh, he involving uh, university team coach, and then uh, all championship. He made the championship and university team uh, games. And later on, 1972, he went to uh, Korea government, sent it to Japan. He's teaching there. You know, uh, Japan is karate or, but he introduced Taekwondo first time in there. And he was Fuji TV showing what is a Taekwondo and a lot of people uh, training under the him uh, Taekwondo. Later on, he came to United States and he involving USTU uh, growing and making strong USTU. And then 1993, he organized World Taekwondo Championship 
at Medicine Square Garden with Dr. Unyong Kim. At that time, he's president of WTF. And he and together uh, making success World Taekwondo Championship. And then 1994, we went to Bari IOC meeting. They all uh, making Taekwondo uh, forever Taekwondo Olympic medal sports. People don't know about Yoni Bak, what he did. But I'm making a book also, his special sections, and people have to know what he done for Taekwondo. Thank you. That's wonderful, and those are very wonderful and personal memories. And as we unfold this episode and as we unfold some of the conversations, uh, I think it's so important that what you're going to hear from people that have lived and experienced a more than a generation of Taekwondo is the impact and the legacy that Grandmaster Hyun Hee Park has on Taekwondo from both the perspective of a martial art, of a sport, and as a person who impacted the lives of so many generations of people with his wisdom, with his teachings, with his instruction, and with his philosophy. And I hope you enjoy what these wonderful people have to say. And I thank you, Grandmaster Hyunwan Park, for all that you do and for joining us today and sharing what is a very somber and peaceful, but also celebratory time, remembering the life and the passing of Grandmaster Hyunhee Park. Thank you. On our phones is John Buren, Grandmaster John Buren, who, in addition to being a seventh Don Black Belt and former student of Grandmaster Hyunhee Park, is the president and CEO of Flushing Bank. Grandmaster Buren, thank you for talking to us today. Well, great to be here, Mark. Thank you very much. Um, I'm deeply honored to, uh, to have this conversation with you. Well, thank you. We're honored to have you. And I have had a relationship with Grandmaster Buren for, for some time uh, since, you know, the inception of my training at, at the YH Park Technical Academy. But your relationship with both of the Park brothers goes back a long ways. So if you could tell us how you came to meet Grandmaster uh, Yanhee Park and how you came to, to train with him. Sure. So um, I really, um, I, I entered the school um, when uh, just uh, following my sons entering the, uh, the, the school back in the early 80s, I had been training uh, at another uh, Jido Kwan school uh, for, uh, for many years prior to that and when we moved out to Long Island. Uh, I searched around for some place for predominantly for my sons to train and then, of course, later for me to train. And um, I met uh, both Master Park, uh, both Masters Park um, at that point in time in the um, in the early 80s. And uh, uh, I was impressed right away with um, Grandmaster's knowledge and uh, training regimen. It was, uh, it, it was really wonderful to work with him and train with him uh, over a number of years. At that time, Grandmaster had, uh, had, um, had most of the work of running the school uh, moved over to his, um, to his younger brother, Grandmaster Yan uh, Wan Park, but Yan He Park would come to the school on a fairly regular basis, and uh, we'd really have a, a great opportunity kind of to see what, uh, uh, what old school training was like, and uh, it was really uh, a wonderful opportunity for me and uh, one that I, uh, uh, I deeply value. Well, that, 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 that's great, and, and that's a great reflection. Now, for me, somebody who, at the time that I had come along, the shift that you had mentioned, Hyun Wan Park's younger brother had taken over uh, largely the, the, the running of the school, and uh, senior grandmaster would travel, and he would do work more as an emissary, and he would be at the, at the Dojang fairly infrequently in, in terms of, uh, from my perspective, but I was always, while I had great respect for him, he was such a stern and quiet and strong presence that as a young, particularly as a colored belt, I felt a tremendous amount of fear and, and trepidation in his, in his presence. But in speaking to 
people of your contemporaries, so many of the people had reflected on his good nature, on his good humor, on his excellent approach and, and, and humble and balanced approach to life. What are, what are your thoughts on, on that from the perspective of somebody who knew him so well? Sure. So, um, I, I, you know, I kind of had a unique perspective because I had, I had come, as, a, as I mentioned, to, from a, uh, uh, a prior Jido uh, uh, Kwan school and uh, Grandmaster Park had known uh, my, uh, you know, my original uh, subonym from, uh, from Korea. And, uh, and, you know, being both of the uh, Jido Kwan school, they were obviously, uh, uh, you know, brothers in that, se- in that sense. And, uh, you know, when you go from one school to another, you really don't know whether you're going to be accepted and, uh, you know, to what degree, uh, you, you know, you're going to be viewed. And, and I have to say that I was extremely impressed with Grandmaster Yanhee Park's uh, welcoming attitude toward me and always a very, very positive feeling I got working with him. So he was, he was stern in his, in his technique. He was tough in terms of his, his training methods. But I have to say that as a, uh, you know, as a human being and as a, as a and as somebody who he was a very very welcoming person to me, and that meant a lot coming into um, you know coming into a totally uh, totally different school, and that was not only reflected in his treatment of me, but his treatment of my uh, my four sons who became black belts, uh, and my wife who uh, who became a black belt. So uh, Grandmaster Yanhee Park is. Um, holds a very very special place in my heart. Well, that that is obvious, and and. I know that is true for so many for so many people. Um, and so, to the larger question, um, what do you consider to be the legacy of Grandmaster Hyanhi Park as it relates to uh, Taekwondo, Taekwondo internationally, domestically, um, locally, in, a, in any way, shape, or form? What are your thoughts on his contribution and his legacy to the world of Taekwondo? Leaders of uh, Taekwondo not only nationally but internet but uh, internationally and uh, uh, you know he was the one who had gotten me involved in the uh, New York State Taekwondo Association where I was the treasurer for a number of years and um, you know I I was later you know very much privy to his work that he did in bringing uh, Taekwondo to the Olympics which was absolutely a, a phenomenal jolt in the arm for uh, Taekwondo nationwide, uh, uh, not only nationwide, but, uh, but internationally. Uh, and it clearly brought the prominence of the sport up to a, a really unheard of level. And, and uh, you know, it became something very, very special in terms of our feeling as Taekwondo pra- practitioners and just the exposure um, the exposure of, of really not only Taekwondo but the but the entire Korean culture to um, uh, to the, to the United States and particularly and and to the world. So it 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 has such a far-reaching effect and such a dramatic effect. I had the opportunity to attend the uh, Olympics in Barcelona when uh, uh, not as a competitor but as a spectator. Um, and uh, I met Master Yanhee Park uh, there, and uh, as always, he was he was his uh, regular welcoming welcoming self, and deeply deeply appreciative of the fact that I was able to um, uh, to get there and to uh, uh, to view some of the competition. Um, I was very very much impressed with um, with um, his ability to work with the uh, Taekwondo community to, uh, to 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 make this happen, and you know, he's clearly he's clearly one of the uh, one of one of the key people in uh, developing Taekwondo as a truly uh, recognized international sport at the Olympic level. I, I think all of that is is very true, uh, and I think that the the impact, and, I, and I've had this conversation with, with other folks. I think very similarly, um, I, had a, I had spoken to uh, 
Grandmaster Jun Ri's son uh, and one of his top students in the year after his passing. And the impact of men like uh, Jun Ri and, and Grandmaster uh, Park as it relates to the introduction of the Eastern arts, but as you said, very, very significantly, Eastern culture, people's familiarity in, in the West with Korean food and Korean tradition and, and the Korean martial art, um, they had such a significant impact in terms of the number of families and generations uh, for, for people like yourself that now, you know, as you said, it wasn't only yourself, it became your wife, your four children, his grandchildren who now have exposure to this, this culture as a result of, of the work of really just a few men who were driven by uh, the missions of, of, of people like Grandmaster Park. And then, you know, I'll just add something else to to to, to, uh, to my comments. Uh, when I began, when I started uh, Taekwondo at the age of uh, 16, I, um, I trained under um, Grandmaster um, S. Henry Cho, uh, who, of course, was a good friend of uh, Grandmaster uh, Yanni Park. And that uh, at that time, the school was actually, the school that I trained in was actually called Karate Institute. And really, it was people like Grandmaster Yanhee Park that made that separation and made Taekwondo distinctive and recognizable outside of the, let's say, limited world of the martial arts practitioners. You know, despite the fact that Taekwondo and to to even some you know maybe lesser extent but equally important extent extend some of the Jidoquan techniques were the things that caught people's attention in martial art movies and TV etc uh, and it wasn't until people like uh, Grandmaster Yanhee Park were able to get that name Taekwondo out there that the distinctiveness of this martial art and its differences from from uh, what was karate back then were became became much more manifest and I, I, um, I, I think that's an excellent point really excellent point yeah so I, I think that that's a you know that, that that's another part of his legacy that I think uh, is, is easy to miss I mean people like Bruce Lee were using Taekwondo techniques uh, and, and uh, you know, it 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 really emanated. Uh, it really emanated from the uh, uh, the exposure that Taekwondo began to uh, began to get, and then uh, the 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 recognition that it was a distinctive art with distinctive techniques that were uh, uh, you know somewhat uniquely Korean. That's great, and that's all all very interesting. And in the interest of time, what I'd like to do is I'd like to give you an opportunity if if there's something in particular about Grandmaster Park that you think either people aren't aware of or something that you wanted to share on a personal level, I think that would be a great way to, to wind down this, this segment. So um, in my business, um, I've had a lot of contact with the, um, with the, with the Korean community um, outside of Taekwondo in the, in, in the business world, in real estate and uh, other, other areas of business. And um, I have to say that uh, the name Yanni Park is not only known, but revered. And uh, it's for the things that we spoke about earlier, not only his uh, Taekwondo legacy and his, uh, uh, you know, his prowess as a, uh, as a champ, as a champion in Korea, uh, but also his uh, his treatment of people, and uh, that probably as much as anything else really makes him the the the, the great respected revered person that he is today. Wonderful. Well, well, Grandmaster John Buren, I wanted to thank you for talking to us when I when I was considering doing this episode. Uh, aside from, of course, his brother, uh, you were the first person that I thought of as it relates to uh, someone who would be able to provide a very clear and honest and um, knowledgeable uh, reflection on, on the life and legacy of Grandmaster Yanni Park. We're speaking right now with uh, Grandmaster John Buren, who is a seventh Don Black Belt, friend of, of the late Grandmaster Yanni Park, the president and CEO of Flushing Bank. And I didn't mention in the, in the inception, but the, the cover story from the December 2018 Taekwondo Life magazine. So, 
Grandmaster Beer, and thank you so much for talking to us today. And uh, we wish you all the best in, in the coming year. Great speaking to you and all the best to you, Mark. Okay, so we are talking today with Mark Summer. And Mark has, the, um, has been a historical and, and longtime Taekwondo practitioner and a member of the YH Park uh, Taekwondo family. And uh, I wanted to introduce Mark and, and give him a chance to, to introduce himself. How are you, Mark? Thanks for joining us. Um, great, great, Mark. Really good. Hello to so everybody tell, out there. <laughs> so tell us, um, tell us your rank. And tell us how when you started getting uh, involved in, in Taekwondo training and practice. I've been in Taekwondo practice for many, many years. I studied other forms prior to even that. But I joined Kwan Jinim, Park Yan-hee back in 1978 at his East Meadows School. And I stayed with him in 2006, got my uh, six-degree black belt from him. So I've been pretty... Uh, Strong follower all my life with him. That, that is that's wonderful. And as you know, today one of the, the topics that we're talking about is that this um, this episode will be released approximately around the one year uh, anniversary of the passing of uh, Grandmaster Park. And I wanted to give uh, folks who knew him. Uh, he was a he was a, a quiet and conservative man, and particularly in the later years. Um, the more recent years of his life, he, he, he wasn't as public a figure. And there are many of the younger generation who, who weren't fortunate enough to have experienced him either personally or through training. And uh, I felt that this was a good opportunity. So tell me a little bit about your um, experiences with Grandmaster Park and what you perceive. The ultimate question is, and this is, this is a tough one, is what is his legacy in the world of Taekwondo? Well, through his teaching his principles included indomitable spirit, never giving up, always finishing what you started. He taught us to respect, and he was very highly respected. He was soft-spoken, and he had a great heart. His philosophy and teachings made us all strive to be the best we could be. His work, along with his brother's work, putting the World Taekwondo Championship together in 1993 at Madison Square Garden, helped launch Taekwondo into becoming an Olympic sport. It was attended by 669 attendees from 83 different countries. And the great success of this championship proved to be the determining factor in the IOC's decision to go make it uh, full medal status for Taekwondo for the 2000 Summer Olympics. So his teaching weren't just about the physical aspects of the martial arts. It included written tests as you reach the higher levels, writing papers, teaching and helping others, organizing tournaments, and spreading the meaning and philosophy of Taekwondo. These were all part of the Jidokan Taekwondo way of his life. I mean, there were times when he'd take an anvil out in the classroom and just break marble blocks and rocks, and he was always soft-spoken. He was always humble. He always felt his English was not good, but he was as fluent as any of us. And he was truly a great man. That, that is a that is a wonderful. Um, I think for somebody like myself who who had the opportunity to, and, and the good fortune to know him, it, it's a great um, summation of his of of, of who he was. Um, tell me what you think if I were to ask you to to tell us something about Grandmaster Park that you think that most people don't know about him, something about his, either his personality or his philosophy or about his practice that you think is, is something that really people didn't fully understand uh, about him as, as a man, especially because he was such a quiet man. He was very quiet, yes, but he was very, very strong in the school. And people followed him very much because Kwajinim lived by his teaching. And he's spreading his life's philosophy everywhere he went. He was the cornerstone of his being to his family, his friends, his colleagues, and to his students. And was truly a great leader and truly incredible. He would come into class and he would lead us in our kicking and punching and forms and other techniques. And then quietly, without anybody realizing, he'd slip to the side room, maybe outside, go to a different door, just quietly, no one knew where he was, 
And then after five, 10 minutes, everybody would be turning around, slacking off, and he'd reappear like a ferocious lion. And you knew to always be on your guard because this was the true Taekwondo spirit. Always be everything you can be. And he would just keep leading and bringing out the best in all of us, pushing us to higher and higher levels. Uh, anybody who worked with him or knew him just had to feel his charisma and had to feel that the leadership embraced you. He was generous. He was kind. He was soft-spoken. And he was, most of all, a very, very wonderful man. Well, that, that, is, that is really wonderful. Those are wonderful words. Now, let me ask you a question because something that I, I sort of know because so many of my relationships over the last 30 plus years uh, were forged in the house of, of the Park Brothers. What is your sense of the fact and the environment that was fostered as it relates to that, to that issue? I know that you have certainly members of, of your family, your, your entire family practically, right? has in one way sure. or another had some relationship and your extended friendships. What do you, what do you feel that that, reflects as it relates to, um, or as a product of as it relates to the environment that was created by Grandmaster Park. He stressed the family, and that was very important. His, ours, theirs, everyone. And by the mutual respect and working together, it just brought everybody closer together. It was functions, it was after-class parties, it was going together, it was going to people's houses. It was a big Taekwondo family promotion test. Everything was family. Everything was brought together because it was all part of your Taekwondo experience and part of the Taekwondo life. My wife became a second degree black belt. My three children all have belts as high as red. And I think one even got a red black belt. All so strong. And I know how much it helped me, the Taekwondo spirit. I'm sure it helped them and all are doing well, and it led to the whole family's success. And to this day, I still stay in touch with many of my Taekwondo brothers. That, that is great, and I, and, I, and I certainly know that, and I share that. And in the interest of time, we're going to wind down, but I would give you the opportunity, Master Mark Summer, to, to tell us anything else that you'd like to in, in conclusion of this segment of, of Taekwondo Life's uh, tribute to Grandmaster Hyanghee uh, Park. Uh, anything that you'd like to add for, for, our, for our listeners? I've met his family, and I've known his wife for many years, and she is a wonderful, wonderful woman. And they all do so well together, his kids, his daughter, his son. It's just wonderful. I've met many people who have trained with him, like Southern Donald Dancer and others in his New Jersey dojang. And everybody just has so much Taekwondo spirit and it's all due to the grandmaster. So there's nothing more that anyone could do, but I have trained and I've taught as hard as I could to let the spirit survive and to move on. And I'm sure many, many, many others are doing the same in his spirit because it'll never leave our hearts. He was a wonderful person. I thank you for your fine words and I agree with you. And I know that, that people like yourself and your wife and your family and, and, and those students of Grandmaster Park are, are doing all that they can to honor his legacy. And I know that wherever it is that he is, that he would be very proud of, of the, the folks that have, that have stayed behind. So I thank you so much for talking to us today. It was my pleasure, and I thank you for your time. So we're doing uh, for the show, what, I've, what I'm doing is, um, you know, I'm doing about, couple of minutes here and there with, a, with a, a couple of significant people who, who can speak to the legacy of Grandmaster Park. Sure. He exuded respect. He just, I mean, every pore in his body made you just, you know, respect him. I remember yeah. always being just, ter ter you know, very afraid of, of, of seeing, <laughs> yeah. seeing it, right? Oh, well, his, and he bellowed. His voice yes. was just so bellowing and and, you know, you just, you just like your hair stood up when he spoke because you just didn't want to pick him off. No, not at all. Not at all. And, 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 uh, but he was so sweet and kind that, well, so, he changed our lives. That's for sure. I mean, 
I know that you, you know, you you wanted, you wanted some thoughts. I mean, you know, when we started this, because, you know, I'm sure just you were obviously, you know, a young guy coming to Taekwondo. I know you were with, with your brother, obviously. Right. For us, it was that Mark was looking for a school. So they recommended going after, you know, Park School. And it was obviously just, you know, a brand new school. I was pregnant out to there with my first kid who was now 40 years old. And then, and then Mark used to just go himself. And then one day, so then when Keith was big enough, I started going. And then that's how we started as a whole family. Well, that's, it's a family experience for me. I, I have four, four, all four of my sons were involved. And it's, it's now, I, you know, I, we see so many families that train together. It does continue, you know, in a circle. And there we go. It's so important. It, it's really so yeah. important. So, so tell me, so, so sorry, you, you achieved your second, Don, is that where second you? Second degree. Um, Yes. You achieve, you achieve your second degree. And what would you say is your, the question that I sort of asked, asked Mark, the question, the prevailing kinds of this discussion, but if I were to ask you to tell me what you think, the either the personal, I would say the personal and the professional legacy of Grandmaster Hyanhi Park, what would you say, what comes to your mind as being Respect. that? that, Respect. that is, Never that, giving that, up the indomitable spirit thing, I think, is if you don't try it, how do you know you can't do it? So I think that for me is the indomitable spirit and that he taught us that, you know, how do you know you can't do it unless you persevere and, and you can. Well, that, and that is wonderful. And I, yes. And I think we look at the story, his story in, in many ways is, is um, without being overly dramatic, I think from his generation, it's an American story. It's a story, right, of, a, of an immigrant, somebody who right. started, started out here with, with limited American education, a limited, probably fun language barriers, and yet didn't stop him from becoming such a, a prominent and significant figure, not only here, but internationally. Oh, all over the world, right? Yeah, because all the magazine articles and everything, I think that was probably, you know, I would assume that when you're as prominent as he was around the world, there were many new magazine articles, there were many interviews, there were many TV shows. Sure. He obviously went to the Olympics. He obviously was, you know, on the world stage. He changed our lives. And let me tell you what else he did. But he created the... He created the foundation for the relationship that we know you for, what, 30, 40 years now, more than 40 years, right? right. Because you were a kid when you started. Right, right. Um, The Burens, I mean, we have a relationship with the Burens, like, you know, going back, you know, obviously family, friends now for forever. And, you know, and, the bond is there. You know, that is the, the that is the linchpin that ties all these relationships together. And that is that That's is right. part of the legacy. And I, and I love and that. And, still, and, 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 right. I mean, you know, you know, just. Right. The fact that we had, you know, that relationship with all these people, and that was really because he created an atmosphere that enabled us to have that. Well, wonderful. Well, thank you so much. I will talk to you guys soon. Okay, so on our phone today, we are speaking to Grandmaster Robert Bobby Strangio. Uh, I had the honor to uh, train under Master Strangio, Grandmaster Strangio, at the YH Park Taekwondo Academy in the 90s, and he is... Um, a, it was a longtime student of Grandmaster Hyanhi Park. Um, Grandmaster Strangio, thank you for joining us today. Hi, thank you. It's good to be here. Uh, so please, I, I, I gave a quick introduction, but if you can introduce yourself, tell us um, who you are and uh, your, your Taekwondo pedigree. I would appreciate it. Um, I started practicing Taekwondo when I was 17 years old, um, a resident of Long Island, New York. And I started in the Front Street School in Levittown under Grandmaster Yanti Park. And it was very interesting because my, uh, at that point in time in my life, I was looking for somebody to kind of help guide me. I was a little bit of a wild kid, so I was trying to put some reins around myself. And I always loved the martial arts and, and watching movies and thinking about how great these guys were and what they could do. So I decided to get involved and I met uh, Grandmaster Park and I watched them teach a class of children and they were probably about five or six years old and they were all sitting down and they were all lined up in the middle of the school and I said to myself if they if he can teach them then he can teach me and that was my first introduction from that day forward well that's very interesting and and uh, something that we haven't talked about but you know, based upon the timing in which you got involved, it was probably a time, based on my own experience, that not too many people were teaching children, even those that taught 
martial arts. Martial arts certainly didn't have the um, the availability and, uh, of choice of of schools. But uh, it's very interesting that uh, the parks are both uh, very progressive in in being ahead of the curve in terms of of teaching children. Because many of the schools when I was young that that we had looked at only would accept adults uh, into their programs. Yeah, there, it, it was an interesting time. I mean, that was that was the time of all these kung fu movies on. Uh, you know, in the theaters and, uh, you know, the beginning of Bruce Lee in that era, um, there weren't even many taekwondo schools. There were mostly karate schools across Long Island or jiu-jitsu but, or judo. And I never really thought about what martial art to get involved in. And I was just, I was looking for a teacher. And, I, and after seeing, you know, Grandmaster Park, like I said, teach the children, that day, I, I felt like this is somebody, you know, I could look up to. And this is somebody who could really help to guide my life. So that, that was really my perspective on it at that point. So, so I know that you had a relationship with Grandmaster Park throughout um, the remainder of his life uh, and through many of his journeys uh, up until uh, his passing a, a year ago. This, this episode is going to uh, premiere in the first anniversary of, of his passing. And really the topic, what we've been talking about, is from people who knew him and who, who trained with him, what you perceive to be the legacy of Grandmaster Hee Park, uh, whether that be his personal legacy, his, his legacy to the martial arts community, or a combination of those things. Um, I think it's definitely a combination. I mean, and I'll speak first to his legacy towards Taekwondo because it was interesting. I had I, maybe, you know, my relationship with him was different, but, you know, at the end of every class, we would sit together and I was always his designated driver to take him home. On On weekends, I was, I helped him go shopping because he didn't really drive at that point. Um, actually, in the very beginning, he lived in the back of the school in a small trailer. Uh, and then he moved wow. into a town in Hempstead. Yeah, he, it was pretty amazing. You know, the school had running water and shower, and his, his basically his room was on a trailer in the back of the school, so it was the beginning of it. Um, then he moved into Hempstead, and, you know, I was a part of that. But in terms of his legacy, I mean, his dedication to Taekwondo is, it was absolutely amazing. Um, just as his brother's dedication to Taekwondo is absolutely amazing. I mean, they wanted Taekwondo to be something great in this country. And he was singly focused on getting that done. Um, we did, at that point in time, we never did tournaments. Um, it was more to the fact that he really wanted to present a realistic Taekwondo tournament like held in Korea in the United States. And that's what kind of drove him to the, the Olympic um, venue, you know, that we did at Madison Square Garden sure. around 1993. So that was his focus. He, he always thought that, you know, the point style tournaments didn't really mean that much. And it was better to get in there and, you know, have your three rounds and the, the threat of being knocked out, I guess was, something uh, that was kind of important as well. So, it, it, you know, it, it lended itself to a more realistic view of Taekwondo, um, which is even different today, because if you look at today's Taekwondo practitioners versus the ones of the past, it's quite different. You know, we, sure. we were a different, different type of fighters back then. But, he, he, you know, Taekwondo was everything to him. And it was... It was his, it was the the one thing that drove him to greatness, you know I mean, not just as a fighter but as a human being, and he shared all of that with his students, and he shared it with me um, I remember I, I couldn't use chopsticks, and I used to at the end of class i we'd go out for dinner and he'd take me out because I was driving him home, and he'd take me to a restaurant and I'd sit down with him and he the the woman would bring out chopsticks and I would go for the fork and he says, no, you're not eating until you can use the chopsticks. <laughs> so that was another lesson I learned. Um, one of many of them. Um, as a man, w one of the things I always thought was amazing was that, you know, people talk about chi energy in a person, you know, what you can feel. When I used to 
um, work on techniques with him, and you would grab his hand or his arm or his wrist, and he would demonstrate on you. It was incredible. You know, for me, I felt like I was grabbing a piece of steel, even though I know he wasn't steel, but that's the perception I had. And he was, you know, in incredibly focused. And he had this, he had an aura about him that really had this tremendous energy. And I, I thought that was amazing. That's, that's, that's great. And I think that those are um, really very true and on, and on point in terms of my uh, recollections of, of Grandmaster Park. Tell me, um, you know, one of the things that I've talked to other folks about that has been really amazing, um, it has, was started with Grandmaster Hyanhi Park and has really been perpetuated and accelerated by Grandmaster Hyanwan Park, his brother, and by um, the nephews and children, Master Edward Park and Master Elliot Park, is the culture, the culture that um, surrounds the YH Park uh, name and, and, and program and the friendships and, and, you know, everyone that I've sort of spoken to has talked about these lifelong friendships that were formed and forged in uh, the YH Park family of Dojangs. Tell me a little bit about your, your, your thoughts in, in retrospect about that as it relates to his legacy. Well, you know, so for me personally, you know, YH Park became, uh, you know, like a, a father, another father figure to me. You know, I, I, you know, my parents are immigrants, so they came over from Italy, and and he used to always joke with me and call me the Italian Korean. But uh, they're just a close knit. They make you feel part of their family. You know, and, and it was like there were times I I didn't agree with them, and I had some issues, but it didn't matter. It was more like, hey, you're having an argument with another family member, and and guess what that that got resolved, you know, and I was still welcomed and I was still part of that family. That's what it was about. I mean, people that went there were just, we were just connected. And that really comes from the person who runs the school from, from the master. And that, he just made us feel that connected all the time. I mean, you've, you've known me from back in the nineties, Mark, and I haven't been around, but it doesn't matter sure. if, when I come around, I'm still part of the family. I'm still important to everybody there. So, you know, you, that's one thing are, I hold dear. You are absolutely right. And, and I think that that's 100% correct. And, and, and so many of the relationships of people, because life has taken, takes its, its uh, people take different uh, junctures in, in the road. Some people stop training for a while. They come back. Some people stop. Some people move. But yep. once you have that relationship in YH Park, it, 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 it's perpetual. So um, that is – and for those uh, on the phone, and, and certainly they wouldn't know that, but one of the things that is a testament to that as it relates to um, you is that for my own brother, who is a YH Park black belt and is married to his wife, who is also a, a YH Park black belt, that they were, uh, they were actually students of your class, Right. Uh, and and very close with you, and became um, became really very close, and and here it is, uh, thirty years later, and they're and they're married with children who are also Wyge Park students. So that is the type, that is really um, symbolic of of the types of of relationships that have occurred and been sustaining and and under the um, Wyge Park name. Right. Yep. So in yeah. the interest of time and, and winding down, I wanted to give you an opportunity to um, say anything else that you thought that, that uh, our listeners might find of, of, of interest or of importance about the legacy of, of, of Grandmaster Park. Um, if there was anything else, anything, anything else in, in, in parting in, in this episode that you felt was valuable? Um, from, from my quick perspective on this is that um, – you know, it's a rarity that you go into a martial arts school and there, there are a lot of pretenders out there in the world. Um, I was lucky enough to just see a man and pick, pick a man that I thought that could lead my life. Um, personally, I had a, a number of family issues at home that, that had me distressed and he was, he was there. So his legacy to me is, you know, he was, um, like I said, he was one of my father figures. Um, he was my Taekwondo instructor. Right. He inspired me to greatness. And I think he did that not just for me, but for the thousands of other people that he was, he met and touched. 
their lives. And uh, it's just an incredible thing to be able to say that somebody does that to you in your life. I mean, that happens maybe one time to a few people or a couple of times. This man has done it to thousands. And that's amazing. That's his legacy to me. I, I absolutely agree with that, and I, I have to tell you that in, my feeling on it is that um, it is really the legacy is not necessarily, and the, the ability to measure that number is not based upon saying he taught 10 students or he taught 100 students, but he taught those 10 or 100 students who were so impacted, and they went on to teach their own 10 or 100, and so on and so forth. So it's absolutely. a geometric so, so I thank you so much for taking time to talk to us today and sharing um, some of your thoughts. Uh, I know that you were um, not only uh, one of the really top students of, of Grandmaster Yanni Park, but I know that you were a family member to him, and I know that you, that, that, that you really were uh, an important part. As he was an important part of your life, I know that you were an important part of his life, and I thank you for taking a short amount of time to share with our listeners today. So thank you Absolute for joining pleasure. us. Thank you. So we are uh, finalizing this episode by speaking to someone who is was near and dear to Grandmaster Hyanhi Park, and that is one of his nephews, Master Edward Park. Master Edward Park, as we've discussed in other episodes, is it runs the YH Park Taekwondo Academy of Levittown. He is my master. He is a accomplished and enthusiastic second-generation member of the Taekwondo community and of the Park family. And I felt that it was appropriate to end this episode on the note of the passing of the torch to the new generation of people such as Master Edward Park and the people that he represents. So Master Edward Park, thank you for joining us today. And my first question for you is, what does it mean to you to be a second generation Taekwondo member of the Park family? Well, first, you know, thank you so much, Mark, for having me on this podcast. Uh, it's a true honor. Uh, and, and I'm very, you know, flattered to, to speak about my uncle. Uh, to, to, to be a second generation uh, Park to honor my uh, uncle's legacy is a, is a huge responsibility in my eyes and, and huge honor. Just what he, he left left behind and, and taught the taught past generations, it really has uh, opened my eyes to the, the bigger picture of why we do what we do in, in Taekwondo and martial arts. The one thing about my uncle, I was always, I was always so intimidated by him. Uh, he had a presence about him. He was, uh, he was, to, to be honest, he was very scary. Whenever he come in, I, you know, I would, I would, you know, immediately bow, and you know, we didn't have much, to, you know, talk to each other. But whenever he did speak to me, you know, I listened right away. Um, and a, as the years passed, as I grew older, I understood that behind that that stern, you know, stern face, there was a kind-hearted, true gentleman, you know, um, that was there. There was a goodness about my uncle that that resonated uh, throughout all his students, and that's why he was so well-respected. Um, one story that really um, hits home with, for me and that I'll never forget was, and th- this really encap- encapsulates what my uncle was all about, you know, he, he, he used to be a big meat eater. Uh, he used to love meat. And then one day he uh, saw a cow get butchered, and he looked into the cow's eyes, and he saw that the cow had a soul. And ever wow. since that, he... Uh, he decided I'm not going to eat meat anymore, and from that day he he never ate meat again ever since ever since that experience. That really hit home to me because that's that's who he was about. He was a kind, kind soul, and he really um, cared about people, you know, deeply in his heart. Um, and that really shined through as as the years passed. And he he did, I wasn't intimidated by him anymore. I actually looked up to him uh, with that. So being a second generation Park, he taught me to be good you know, not just great, and, and that really, uh, I, I live my life like that every day to try to, you know, impact other people in trying to show them goodness, you know, not just greatness in what you do. That's wonderful, and and I can relate to a number of the things that, that you've said, and I, myself, and I've expressed um, in the interviews that I've done with the, the, the folks who, who knew your uncle certainly better than I did, that I had a great fear and intimidation 
of him and a great respect for him. And I understood him to be a very serious uh, man and a very serious practitioner. And one of the things that's unfolded uh, through the course of the interviews was a very good look into the lighter side and the more uh, jovial side. Uh, people talked about his great sense of humor and his great uh, appreciation and understanding of, of things and the fact that he was a serious man, but he didn't take himself too seriously, yeah. which, make, which made him honorable. So I guess in, in conclusion, this would be the final question of this entire episode. You touched on it a little bit. But perhaps there's one thing that you can uh, speak to that is true, right? A legacy, part of a legacy is, is what we leave behind, and that comes through teaching. Uh, what is one thing that you can sort of identify that your uncle, senior grandmaster, Hyanhee Park taught you, either about life or about Taekwondo? Wow, he, he, he taught me so many things just through his example. Um, the main thing I would say that, that he truly taught me was that inner strength. And he, he was a no-excuse person, no complaining. Even through the hard times, you know, with his illness, he, he never, ever showed any, any form of weakness. He was a fighter through and through. And he taught me about, you know, that grit and inner strength and teaching from the heart. Whenever he would teach, he would teach from the heart. Uh, he he taught me it's not what you teach it's how you teach how you teach and he'd always be advising me how to teach how to truly care about the about the student and he, he was a traditionalist but he understood the the modern the modern way and and the the ebbs and flows of of the new generation and he was about changing with the generation to 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 teach the students their taekwondo not his taekwondo not the way he taught but what what is each student looking to get out of training. So the, again, the main things he really taught me was teach from the heart, be a good person, and uh, really just always, always, you know, be a fighter in whatever you do and have that persevering spirit. Uh, and for that, I'll, I'll always be forever grateful for, for that. Well, I thank you and we're forever grateful to you for all that you do personally and in the Taekwondo community and for sitting with us today. And we hope that you've had an opportunity through this series of, of interviews, um, just the tip of the iceberg of people that we could have spoken to. And there were numbers of people who we didn't have an opportunity to speak to, but perhaps we'll have some opportunity to uh, follow up with some of, some of their quotes. But we hope you've had a look into the life and the legacy of a not only a great martial artist, a great human being and that's one of the things that has been true in the conversations that I've had with all of the, the folks who have spoken to me is that the legacy of Grandmaster Hyanhee Park as I see it is that he has left a legacy to the Taekwondo community in helping to globalize and to spread Taekwondo to the entire world but that more significantly he's taught and touch the lives of so many individuals who have gone on through his humanity to pass that spirit along and that we now have generations of people who have been the beneficiary of the love and the life of Grandmaster Hyanhee Park. So we thank you in this first anniversary for listening to us and we look forward to hearing your stories about Grandmaster Park Feel free to email us, to write us, to post on Facebook, and to share your experience. Thank you. With spending time in training and working on the podcast and the magazine, it is difficult for me sometimes to get out to the store or the supermarket. And when that occurs, I always rely on Instacart. A friend of mine introduced me to Instacart about a year ago, and it has really changed the way that I shop. I go on the computer or on my phone, 
I have multiple stores to choose from in the neighborhood. I can select all of my products for del delivery, and it'll give me other alternative products based upon my preferences. And it's really, really a helpful tool towards making your life a heck of a lot easier. No more worrying about trying to find parking at the supermarket or standing in line at the checkout counter. You can just do all of it from your computer. It'll help you save money by giving you suggestions on deals and by providing you alternative products. And shoppers will hand select your products. They'll bag them up neatly and that they'll deliver them within a specified delivery window. I have never had a problem with the products, the groceries, or the service from Instacart. And if you follow the show notes and you let Instacart know that we sent you, they'll provide you free delivery on your first order of over $35. I highly recommend it. And I think that it, for me, has been one of the life-changing services that I've gotten involved with. I'm not a guy who does a lot of internet shopping, but this is something I don't like to be without. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.